You know, today we're going to continue the sermon series calling, uh, discovering our purpose. And the message today will address the all-important matter of seeking God's purpose through preparing. Preparing is so important and it involves making a plan and following the plan, even if the plan involves risk or even sacrifice. Today we're delving into the wonderful story of Esther. Have you ever experienced a point in life, a point in time, when you knew you had to make a decision and that decision was going to be very critical to the way you go forward? across roads of sorts. You know, I'm talking about a time when you've had a really tough decision to make and you've heard that Esther whisper. Who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Have you ever heard that whisper? You know, dealing with purpose demands that we stand up for what is right And what is godly, even at risk or cost or sacrifice? Esther's response was one in which she found a new purpose for her life. Let me talk just a little bit about the story. We've already had Jennifer set that up well. And the scripture text, of course, centers in on a piece of the story as well. But this story involves a king named Xerxes. He's king of Persia. And he's a show-off and a blowhard, to put it lightly. He has 127 provinces that are under his um, kingdom and oversight. And he has a right-hand man, and that man's name is Haman. And Haman is a raging anti-Semite. Haman hated all Jews, but he had a particular hatred for a wise Jew named Mordecai. And this was a time of exile, another time of exile for the Jews. And they were again foreigners in an unusual place and land. And one day when Haman was prancing by Mordecai, uh, Mordecai refused to flatten himself and grovel on the ground like others would when Haman would ride by. So Haman was infuriated and he told Uh, Xerxes, King Xerxes, about Mordecai's insubordination, about his rudeness, and that he was a vivid illustration of what all of the Jews were like, the whole lot of them, and they should be exterminated. Xerxes was swayed by the breeze of persuasion and a bribe, and he sent out a decree that on the 14th day of the month of Adar, which is March, All the Jews were to be killed. All of the Jews were to be killed. Now Esther had won a contest to be the queen. She replaced a queen named Vastai, who had been banished because of her attitude and her perceived insubordination. So Esther the queen was the cousin of Mordecai. Therefore, Esther, she too was a Jew. And the king, um, he, in hearing this call about, um, that, that Haman had brought to him, he was set with a new rule. 
And the rule was that all the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces uh, would never come into his inner sanctum. Never. And if they did, they would be killed. Unless, of course, the king showed unusual mercy. Esther sensed that she needed to seize the day and go to the king when she heard what Haman had suggested and the king had decreed that all the Jews, which of course would include her, were to be killed. Mordecai's voice makes a case to Esther. Carpe diem, he says in essence. You only have so much time to live. Carpe diem. Make your life extraordinary. Carpe diem. Seize the day. You know, the Esther whisper is this. Who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this? It sounds a lot like carpe diem, doesn't it? And Mr. Keating's message to those boys. What were moments in your life when you felt like you were at that crossroads and you heard that esper whisper that it's time to seize the day? You know, it's somewhat of a humorous example. I've shared it with you before long ago, but when I was in college, I had a professor named Dr. Webb Pomeroy. And Dr. Pomeroy taught for 40 years at Centenary College. And he taught um, New Testament and other uh, courses in religion. And, and you know, I didn't have a professor in college or in seminary or in even doctoral studies that was any better than Dr. Webb Pomeroy. He was a legend. And, and you couldn't really go into um, uh, ministry or be in the church careers program without taking a course from Dr. Pomeroy every semester. And he was a man of few words and much wisdom. He had kind of an aura about him. He, he would always answer a question with a question. And sometimes he would ask a question and then he'd walk over to the windows and veer um, out the, the Venetian blinds. And, 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 and you, you just wait. You just wait. And he'd wait. He could wait as long as he had to for somebody to speak up. I took the course, the letters of Paul from Dr. Pomeroy, uh, my, um, my first semester of my senior year. And one thing I remember about Pomeroy was his grading, uh, grading structure. He, he really never gave A's. Kind of 89 was about as high as, as, as he would go. And, and I had to take a course from him every semester, so many semesters I'd have all A's except for an 89. And, and I wanted so much in my senior year to, uh, to have a, a perfect, unadulterated 4.0. But I had a course from Pomeroy. I, I looked at my grade toward the end of that semester and I could tell that I was going to make that perpetual 89 yet once again. It was a moment frozen in time. I decided that I needed to plead my case to Dr. Pomeroy. I needed to just walk right into his office and sit down and make my case because here's the kicker. At the beginning of every class, um, at the beginning of the year, he would make a statement. He would say, 
you know, I want you to know that, um, that, that your attendance in class will weigh into your final grade. Well, I had perfect attendance in class. That seems to be like it might be worth a point, wouldn't you think? I can remember how nervous I was sitting outside his door, uh, waiting on him to open the door and invite me in. And sure enough, he did. And I said, Dr. Pomeroy, I'd like to talk to you for just a moment. And he said, well, certainly, Mr. Copeland. What would you like to talk about? His office was a wreck. It was all cluttered. There were books everywhere. I had to move books out of the chair to sit in to talk to Dr. Pomeroy. He leaned back, took his glasses off, put them on his desk, propped his feet up, put his hand to the side of his face and said nothing. Nada. I had to break the ice. Uh, Dr. Pomeroy, I guess you wonder why I'm here. He said, yes, Mr. Copeland, what brings you here? I said, Dr. Pomeroy, I remember the first day of class at the beginning of the semester uh, that, that you said that class attendance would figure into our final grade. He said, that's right, Mr. Copeland. That's exactly what I said. And Dr. Pomeroy, I've not missed a day of class this entire semester He said, that's wonderful, Mr. Copeland. Not all of my students can say that. I said, Dr. Pomeroy, one of my personal goals this year was to have a a uh, 4.0 this semester. And and, and I think I have one, except for in the letters of Paul, I think I have an 89. He said nothing, nada, complete silence. So I had to break the ice again. I said, Dr. Pomeroy, I, I'd never ask you to give me a point that was not deserved, but if, if attendance really is worth something, maybe it's worth at least a point. And, and then I'd have a 90, and then I'd have my 4.0 that I hope to have. He said, Mr. Copeland, I'll take that into consideration. Thank you, Dr. Pomeroy. My pleasure, Dr. Copeland. And he smiled as I left the room. And outside his door, when that door was closed, I said, yes! You know, it it was like I seized the day. And a few days later, the grades came out, and I had an 89. But, But I also had that feeling of doing all that I could do and what I really felt I needed to do and I'd done it. I'll never forget that experience. I'll never forget Dr. Pomeroy. And you know, we've all heard that Esther whisper, haven't we? We all know the special occasion when something stirs within us and we know that we have to make a decision. And making that decision means that we have to prepare for it. We have to make a plan and we have to, um, we have to pursue that plan in order to truly discover purpose. You know, one of the first responses we must make to the Esther Esther whisper is is to make preparation. And I want to read another part of this text again. 
Then Esther said in reply to Mordecai, Go gather all the Jews to be found in Susa and hold a fast on my behalf and neither eat nor drink for three days and three nights. I and my maids will also fast as you do. After that, I will go see the queen. This was Esther's preparation. This was her preparing. This was her plan. And and though the whole book of Esther never mentions God, you can tell that she was a person of faith because fasting always accompanied prayer. She wanted all of the Jews in Susa. She wanted them praying for her as she wanted her maids also fasting and praying for her. And that gave her the courage it took to go see the king. You know, we also know the experience of a day or a moment not seized, don't we? We all know the experience of letting an opportunity pass. Whether because of fear or or timidity or insecurity, we, we just let the moment slip by. Oh, I can count so many You know, psychologists tell us that if we do not act every time we have that kind of feeling, we are less likely to act later when other such moments present themselves. Each time we fail to act, we become more closed, more hardened, more desensitized, uh, more emotionally paralyzed. You know, oftentimes I sense the Holy Spirit leading me in a certain direction. At least that's the way I view that in my spirituality. And and sometimes I quench that spirit by, by just moving on and not acting the way I know God is leading me to act. You know, unless we seize the day, it will soon pass and the opportunity will be gone. How many letters or phone calls have never been initiated? How many I'm sorry's or thank you's remain unspoken? How many commitments are still not made? You know, when we feel the tug of God's Spirit on our heart and and we do not respond, there is a sense of loss. And and sometimes even accompanies a grieving or or a mourning that we didn't seize the day. Something within us can die when we fail to seize the day. But on the other hand, when we take encouragement of God's Spirit and we step out and we do what we know that we're called to do, when we connect with the, the, the discovery of the purpose for our lives that God intends then we know, we hear that whisper and exactly what we're called to do. The great German poet Paul Tillich refers to faith as the courage to be. Tillich was Dr. Pomeroy's teacher. He says, courage always includes a risk and is always threatened by sin or non-being. 
faith always demands risk, said Tillich. You know, faith is never, well, you just take the easy road, right? Faith is always, you do this because when you do, you'll be dependent upon me and my leadership. That's what God says to us in spirit. What decisions are you facing today begging you to seize the day? What are they? Mending a broken relationship or at least doing your part? Laying down a destructive habit that you've known for quite a while is diminishing your life. Letting go of a, of a, of a loved one, that's so very hard. Choosing to follow Christ in new and exciting ways. Making a commitment to the church like you've never really made before with convictions that you've never really had before. Esther surrendered to the tug of God on her heart to talk to King Xerxes. Her cry was as a surrendered person. She said to Mordecai, if I perish, I perish, but I will do this. Because I'm going to seize the day. She wanted above all else to be God's woman and to experience carpe diem. Esther planned her strategy. She she made her preparations. She lined out her plan. She had all of the Jews praying for her, fasting on her behalf. And she stepped in to see the king who loved and admired her greatly. When she told the king the whole story and that she was a Jew, everything changed. All of the Jews were protected by King Xerxes. And Haman was hanged on the same gallows that he had built for the Jews. And Esther asked if Mordecai could take Haman's place. And he was awarded the purple robe and that place of status and power. You know, faith always demands risk. Faith always encourages us to hear the Esther whisper. Seizing the day always requires that we seek God's direction as we prepare and we pursue a plan. And who knows? You may be at a place right now and who knows that you may be there for just such a time as this. May God bless us as we go forward. Amen.